basement. Deeper Dive Podcast, produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in Laplata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell, once again joined by, fresh off of retreat, Father Larry Swift. Hey, Bill. And Father Jack Berard. Hey, Bill. Today we're going to discuss uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, it's coming Sunday, Father Larry. Hey, Bill. Great. So, I um, thought we would talk about this upcoming feast day, the end of the octave of Easter, which is... Um, Divine Mercy Sunday, and uh, I'm sure many of you uh, are devoted to Divine Mercy in some way. I know at this parish there's a great devotion to it. Many people are praying the Novena. And uh, just talk about some of the revelations of St. Faustina, the scriptures for the day, which is the uh, institution of of, uh, Sacrament of Reconciliation, and just sort of talk about what this feast day is about. So to start off, um, this feast day was started by... Uh, St. John Paul II at the canonization of St. Faustina on April 30th, 2000. So let's see, that's, wow. I don't think I was, I was just, just about to join the seminary. So, and then, uh, Father Jack, how old were you in 2000? I was 14. Okay. Do you remember, I mean, do you remember? I don't remember not being Divine Mercy Sunday. Okay, so for you, it's just, you just remember it. Yeah. Sunday after Easter, yeah. So, I mean, you were, you know, you were a young, a youngin when this came out. And, um, and then it's interesting, John Paul II himself died on the eve of Divine Mercy Sunday, which is really powerful. Um, have you ever been to, um, to uh, Krakow where, mm-hmm. yeah, what, a couple your, times, what yeah. are your thoughts of the Divine Mercy Shrine? I mean, well, okay. So the couple of times I've gone, it's been in the middle of winter. Right. So, and it's like. Ooh, you know, Poland, 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 Poland. I mean, yeah, it's like February. And so Freezing. like both times it was snowing, which, you know, you don't forget this because it's on the top of a hill. Right. And so like you get off the public transportation, you start trekking up and you look, you're like, this better be the right hill is all you're thinking as you're walking up, you know, um, it's not that bad of a hill, but it's bad enough when it's, you know, 12 degrees. So yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's a very, um, when you walk in, you're, it's almost like the way that we always walked in. Um, you can tell it's a very holy place, right? Because you kind of walk into the old convent part. So like the old chapel. Which is very beautiful. The old. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And the sisters, there's always sisters praying there, right? I think they usually have two in adoration and the the sacrament. And so they're very devout looking. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so um, that's always great. And then, so I usually would do like a holy hour there and then you walk in, there's the new shrine and it's, it's, I mean, it's gotta be bottom five church in the, in the the world. It's one of the five ugliest churches. Like it has, it has every qualification for an ugly church. It is in the round. It is inconvenient to get in and out of. There is no clear entrance and exit. There's a lot of clear glass and concrete. Like it's just everything you don't want. And no restrooms. Okay, I don't remember that part somehow. Uh, but that's it, Guadalupe. <laughs> Guadalupe. Uh, that's one of the that's one of the top, top five <laughs> ugliest churches. Yeah, too, another one. Yeah, which yeah. is really strange. I mean, I mean, there's it's such a place of grace and and power. But like, why did they make a church like that in such a powerful place? But here's the funny thing: is why at least Guadalupe has the actual image. Right. The new, I mean, the new uh, shrine in, at right. Divine Mercy has nothing to offer. 
Like, wait, what about segments? It's not the There's worst. confessions all the time. Yeah, but like the the image is sits in the old chapel right. with the sisters. I'm sure the sisters had something to do with that. They're like, it's staying in here. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. They're idiots. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's just a very interesting. Yeah, no, right. it's but it is. It's a beautiful place. Um, it's a very holy place. You really do have. There is a power to the to walking in there. We always. It's always kind of. We were told, uh, kind of one of these like seminarian traditions that like. You know, you go to Krakow, you're within two hours of Auschwitz, and Auschwitz is one of the most powerful human experiences you can have. You don't need faith to think that Auschwitz is is a powerful place. The problem is you are dead afterward. Like, you're just like, and humanity is the worst, right? Right. Like, you walk out of there because you you just don't get the scale. There's no way to understand the scale of loss until you you walk through these things because it's literally, imagine that your house is filled with suitcases. And and it's not far. I mean, Auschwitz is not far at all. Under two hour train ride. Yeah, um, yeah. which is awful, but that's what I remember. And then, so we were always told, cause you don't, you're not there. You leave kind of early. So you would come back well, to let's, Krakow. Let's take those two worlds together. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have within two hours, um, a place, a, a, a camp, a death camp, probably with the most atrocious evils ever committed. Yeah. And then you have this place of divine mercy, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the place where our, in our Lord in these revelations to St. Faustina is basically saying like, I will forgive anything. And I will set you free, and I will renew you completely. Which is the Easter season is all about renewal. Right. And um, I, you know, I don't think it's happenstance that you have these two places, great evil and mercy. You know, within two hours. Um, I guess a, a good question would be to for for listeners is, which Father Jack, could you define um, the word mercy in the Catholic sense of the word? All right. Um. So, so the okay, you know, word study. Real briefly is it, so it comes from misericordia, mm-hmm. right? So uh, so it's basically a rent heart, right? A opened right. heart. Um, that's what mercy is. It is an opened heart. Um, so when we talk about it from a Catholic sense, it is uh, to have a really authentic compassion, but also an intimacy, right? So it's not just like, um, you know, what, probably one of the worst ways to think of mercy is writing a writing a big check, right? You know, it, that it's kind of impersonal by its nature, you know. Um, so, so when we think like Christ paid the cost for our salvation, very much true, um, but it's not a an apersonal pain of the cost, you know. Personal. It's very much it, he is he stays with us, right? Um, and so there is like, and there's an amount, of course, where that means that it has to involve a certain sense of suffering um, to really kind of understand, right? Because hearts aren't meant to be opened, right. <laughs> but and his heart longs to to save us. I mean, this is the whole thing: is that he suffers. He suffers for us to be saved. Essentially, his heart reaches yeah. out to us, and he sees the suffering of a sinful soul. You know, I, I've always kind of looked at this feast day as like the sinner's feast day. You know, this mm. is this is this is the day. I mean, which is all of us, but this is like the sinner's day where this is uh, the big feast day. And I, I read from his have, have, uh, Father Jack. I'm going to quote from the diary. Um, I don't know. if I'm sure you've read parts of it, uh, but have you ever read the diary of, of Saint Faustina? I don't. Think that I ever finished every word? Yeah, Bill, have you? Most, most not the entire thing, but certainly parts. Parts of it. Of it. I always skipped the black to read like oh, yeah. Jesus' words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, say Faustina, great. I want to lead. I want to see what Jesus said. Yeah, <laughs> you know, which is neat. In the in the actual diary, it's like all of Jesus' words are in bold, mm-hmm. and you know, like some Bibles they have like Jesus' word in, in red, and then the rest are in black. But I always like that. I'll just skip. To, but he says this. <clears throat> uh, I think the most comprehensive revelation. Of, of this feast day that are, and this came directly from our Lord. And it is a private revelation, right? So we have to be clear on that. It's not something that you must believe as a Roman Catholic, but it has been 
um, you know, uh, passed as being leg- legitimate by the Catholic Church. So it's a legitimate apparition. And our Lord said, My daughter, tell the whole world about my inconceivable mercy. I desire that the Feast of Mercy be a refuge and a shelter for all souls, especially for poor sinners. On that day, which is this coming Sunday, the very depths of my tender mercy are open. I pour out a whole ocean of graces upon those who approach the fount of my mercy. The soul that will go to confession and receive Holy Communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and punishments. You know, and this is, you know, this complete, you know, this, which we'll talk about later, is this plenary indulgence that can be uh, attained on that particular feast day. And he goes on, he goes on to say, um, mankind will not have peace until it returns to the fount of my mercy. You know, so I think there's a really powerful, he's like really reaching out to the world and saying, Hey, look, I'm the solution. Um, any commentary on that? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, I think there, there's a reason God calls us to, to reflect on his mercy at the moment of our death is that, um, it's, you know, there is this, you know, if you think about history of, of moral theology, you're kind of looking in the, in the 1930s when this comes out, there's a certain tendency towards what we would call Jansenism, right? right? This, so this really over-reliance on very strict moral life, you know, um, which, which sounds like, well, that's not a bad thing. You know, we want people not to sin, you know, well, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a, um, that's kind of euphemistic talk to say, we're basically thinking we have to fight our way into heaven. Right, right and not rely. So so God reveals Himself privately to this saintly woman, um, so that we would kind of remind ourselves we were never going to get to heaven on our own. Right, that that when we're like every person is in, in such dire need of a savior, um, that should evoke a response of holiness in us. But um, but that's kind of why like this comes out is that there is a certain sense in which um, there's both a response to what has been happening, but also kind of a um, in the sense of an inoculation for what's about to come in terms right. of the great evils that come a decade later in that right. country or right. in the next couple, several or decades. Well, and it's interesting. I just got off this workshop and um, the topic was the iGen generation. And uh, the speaker, Alvaro De Vicente, who's a, the headmaster, the principal of the Heights, one of the best high schools in the, in the country. Um, he said that... Um, Father Larry, unrelated. Where did you go to high school? <laughs> I went to the Heights. Oh, I just, okay. I just, but but he he talked about in and he's even you know he's seeing this at, in all in this age group is that there's a lot of despair, mm. and he says there's a huge amount of suicidal tendencies. A lot of guys, I and mean, it's an all guys school, but there a lot of them just sort of kind of give up so easily. There's a lot of despair. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting that um, you know one anecdote he talked about was. He had this guy come back from college, and I th- actually I think he's a young professional now, who kind of like joined these this Eastern religion, mm. and and he there's just he's like why you know, and he says, do you even I mean do you support this religion? Do you give money? He goes, why would I give money? I don't I don't even give money to the the real faith. And he goes, hey wait a minute, <laughs> you just claimed that Catholicism was real, yeah. and he goes, yeah I've never I don't I believe that, but he said to Alvaro he says, but I think it's too hard. And he's just like, I just, you know, basically he's like, I don't, it's, they look at it as rules and they look at it as, you know, and I think there's this sort of disconnect, yeah. which I think divine mercy is a great feast day. Like, look folks, that God will give you the grace to overcome your sinfulness. You just have to open your heart to that, yeah. you know, and I, there's just tons of despair in our culture today in many ways. And yeah. I just think like this, 
this feast day, if people understood it, I think it would bring a lot of, if we could preach it well or teach it well or, or spread this devotion well, I mean, it'd give a lot of hope to people. And that's, and that's it. I think, well, I think that's still kind of the disconnect that, that most people are struggling to understand. It's like, okay, I understand that I need to have hope. I understand that God is merciful, but how do, how are those things actually related? You know, like practically in my life, you know, and not, not just like, okay, yeah, he forgives your sins. I think, because I think we get, that's, that's not enough. That doesn't really express what God wants for us, right? God doesn't right. want us just to, to go back to a, to a decent neutral so that you can just coast through your life, right? right. Um, he's like, the words that he uses when he reveals the, his love is not that. It is not, you'll be good enough. You know, you'll be fine. You'll squeak into heaven or you'll get a couple of centuries in purgatory, but you'll get out. Don't worry about it. Like, no, like the, the mercy that he's holding out for us, the reason that we have hope is because he's ready to radically heal us. Like this is not uh, just, uh, yeah, it, this isn't like a, a numbing medication, which is what like our, <laughs> which is our modern society. Everything is about numbing us to, yes. to what's going on. Um, that's why I think, that's why I think there's so much despair is because we're, we're trained not to feel and then, but we were, it's natural for us to feel. <laughs> so then what do we do when we get it? Right. Um, and that's what we use all the things we use. That's why pornography is so high. That's why right. drinking is, Video especially games. young people binge drinking is really big. Video games, yeah. um, have extended wealth, like well into adulthood. Right. That wasn't a thing. Like, I mean, uh, you know, in, in, in centuries past, you know, it's numbing pain. It's exactly what it is. It's, it's, I don't, you know, and it's the same mentality that says Catholicism is too hard. And I think even, they think even more than pain. I mean, even like worry and, and, and yes. anxiety. Like, yeah. I would say, well, yeah, anxiety yeah. for well, sure. Well, yeah. he also in this, in this, and I, I'm not trying to go off track here, but I think it ties in well with divine mercy is that. That's okay. You've already given the heights free publicity. So. <laughs> <laughs> go to the heights. Anyway, the, the, um, you know, the, the other thing he was saying that, and I think this is true. I mean, this is true, not just with teenagers, but the amount of anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, when, when people, when iGens, defi- you know, that he asked them questions like, you know, how would you describe, you know, day-to-day encounters with life? And they would say stressed and very anxious. Yeah. And, and I think one of the messages of divine mercy is to trust in Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, to trust in him. I mean, that's, uh, that's it's like one of the few commands of the image. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> Jesus, I trust in you, yeah. you know, and, and, I, and I think it ties in a little bit with, you know, the sacrament of confession, which is, um, you know, I think too, a lot of people struggle with, um, you know, maybe it's the first time going back after many years. Uh, you know, we, we've encountered this, you know, when we teach RCIA, there's this like, uh, you know, <laughs> like this fear, like fear, but also this expectant joy, like they want to, but they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to, you're going to kill me, father. You know, you're going to be so shocked about whatever. And, and it's, and after they go to confession, there's this beautiful, like that, that that's it. And like, yeah. yeah. And they're, it's almost like too good to be true yeah. for them. They're like, you're kidding me. Like, like I'm actually forgiven. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I would say at 10 times out of 10, if it's a big fish and uh, folks, if you're listening to that big fish, are like people away for a long time, or it's the first confession as an adult is like, there's this over power, like this moment of it's like this elephant's off my back. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about confession too, here with divine mercy. Um, and I, our Lord, listen to this in his, in, in his diary. It's 1602. He says, Today the Lord said to me, Daughter, when you go to confession in this fountain of my mercy, the blood and water which came forth from my heart always flows down upon your soul and ennobles it. Every time you go to confession, immerse yourself entirely in my mercy with great trust. 
so that I can pour the bounty of my grace upon your soul. When you approach the confessional, know this, that I myself am waiting for you there. I am only hidden by the priest, you know? And uh, I guess that's, that's hard for people to, to kind of, um, you know, uh, overcome because they're like, well, I'm going to a priest, but we would say theologically you're going to Christ, mm-hmm. right? And hidden by the priest, you right. know? And I think during Easter season, like it's interesting, all the encounters, the disciples don't recognize Jesus. He's hit. He's like in this hidden form. Like yeah. they say, they have to take double takes, you know, or like, or like at mass where we, you know, when we tell them all uh, the presence of saints and everything at every mass, you right. Know, they're like, right. You know, so it, it is, but it's a good, it's a great visual, I think. Right. You know? Right. You know, uh, Bill, you know, you, I think, you know, mercy's big, you know, you, you ran this landings group uh, for years. Right. And um, do you find like in that, in that apostle, when you did that, that uh, people had trepidation about, starting over again and you know this idea of mercy and it's, you know i mean can you give some insight on like you know people been away from a long time from the sacrament or yeah so I, the, i've done this there's no way the church wants me back you oh know? yeah and it's you know and it's it, we've talked about this before it, it was you know overwhelmingly people left you know and, it, and it's i'm not judging here but it was su- for such a silly reason i mean you know I, I'm, I'm half laughing as i say that but i mean you know, it was never like these deep theological roots, at least yeah. the majority of people. It was all, you know, they got in an f- argument with the priest. The music was terrible, whatever. Um, they, they, or, or another large percentage uh, piece of that whole pie was, um, you know, they had a catastrophic thing happen in their life, uh, a loss of a child or a divorce or something. Right. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was billed as a reconciliation ministry. Ideally, you go, through these talks, but the end, the idea in the end is everyone knows that, you know, you, you get back to confession and make, you know, have this full confession and, uh, you know, that was drilled into them the not the importance of confession. That's what it, like, again, it was a re, uh, reconciliation ministry. And that was kind of the culmination of the program. You went to confession again and therefore all hurdles were removed from, you know, to, to get back in the regular mass attendance and, you know, receiving the sacraments and things like that. Um, you know, it uh, it was a it, it it was it was a good program, right? And did you find? I mean, when they when they went, you know, that they really felt the mercy of Christ. Yeah, you know, you can tell. Uh, not only would people tell you, you know, or, or thank you, you know, th- thanks for the program, but there was just a, you know, if, if you could see what what if you get a visualization of what a weight looks like lifted off of somebody, you could see it. Could see I mean, it. I'm sure you all see it. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you run in the uh, parishioners or whoever after, you know, they've had this big return confession or something. And yeah, it's like they're a different person. It's a new life. Yeah. It's a new life. Yeah. And I, and I, I just think this is really what our Lord is saying is that, uh, he wants this, this whole new soul that he gives to us in confession. Um, maybe a bit about this, um, you know, this uh, plenary indulgence. Uh, we, I, we get, I get a lot of questions. Your father, Jack, you'll probably get inundated with these next couple of days is like, okay, Everyone wants to know how to wait. Well, well, let me interrupt you. This is funny. I got yeah. I got like three or four emails from members of our RCIA class right. on Holy Thursday, right, saying, "Hey, I just saw that there's like all these opportunities for you know plenary indulgences during the um, during the Triduum, but but we're not Catholic yet. So is there any way? I'm like, don't worry. You only have to wait a members week. only. You have to wait one. You have to wait one members week only. <laughs> right. You're the worst. <laughs> one week and Divine Mercy Sunday's here, and there's your chance. So yeah. they're, trust me, they're, this is their feast yeah, day. That's right. Yeah. So if you're just got through RCA, this is your big, 
time to get your maybe your first plenary indulgence. You know, yeah. you they could have your... gotten one before. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there that like <laughs> they all they had to do was the action, and then they had eight days to go to confession. That's and true. Communion. That's right. So because like of the eight day thing. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah. but but way to go, pastor. <laughs> right. Trying to push off there. Mm-hmm. They had this great opportunity, and you're mm-hmm. you're throwing them off. I never. They never no. asked me. Well, they didn't they have. Did their, they probably did get the plenary indulgence. They didn't right? have their yeah. membership card yet either. So yeah, yeah that sweet membership card. Yep. <laughs> so plenary indulgence. All right, here here it is. Um, our Lord said in the diary, "I want to grant a." A pardon to the souls that will go to confession and receive Holy Communion on the Feast of My Mercy. Now, I was checking this. I don't think necessarily you have to go on the feast day for the plenary indulgence. And I looked at the Divine Mercy website, uh, you know, up in Stockbridge, and it says, To receive special graces that our Lord promised for Divine Mercy Sunday, the only condition is to receive Holy Communion worthily on Divine Mercy Sunday or the vigil, which is the evening before, by making a good confession beforehand and staying in the state of grace and trusting in his divine mercy. Um, and so it also says any plenty of indulgence uh, involves the fulfillment of the ordinary conditions, which is prayer for the Holy Father, and that's in Our Father and Hail Mary. Usually, yeah, that's right? Uh, confession and Holy Eucharist. All right, so, I mean, the con- and now that's the question. The confession doesn't have to be on Divine Mercy Sunday. It could be like eight days before and after in the state of grace, correct? So, yeah. yeah, but com- com- communion on on the feast day though, mm-hmm. it has to, you have to receive communion in the state of grace on the feast day. So, uh, if, you know, we'll, you know, have which basically means you had to go to confession before communion. Well, if if they're not in the state of grace, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, right. I mean, you have to make. Sh- I mean, if they're in the state of grace, they can, you know. Yeah. Um, and then carrying out the special indulgence work. Now, what that work is, I mean, that you know, and people, that the action or the devotion is in any church or chapel, um, that. In the, or in the pleasant, the blessed sacrament, uh, basically they can recite the Our Father and the Creed, and add a devote prayer of the uh, merciful Jesus. I trust in you. I mean, or also you can just pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet mm-hmm. on Sunday in the church. Father, well, you want to talk about the image at all? Yeah, a little bit about the image. Um, yeah, I mean, so much as I know about it. I mean, there's, uh, you know, we have the image in our sanctuary on the right hand side, looking looking uh, at the sanctuary. And, um, you know, I mean, basically it's, it's, uh, a picture of our Lord. Uh, and I remember St. Faustina, if I re- recall correctly in the diary, uh, it took several renditions yeah. for the artist to get it right. I think, I think that's kind of one of the most amazing parts about the image is that it's actually not miraculous, right? right. Like, it's not like Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is a miraculous no, image it's not. or any of these, or, or even Chestahova or whatever. It's, this is, this is an, a literally an artist rendition that took several turns, right? There is right. a certain, like... Built into divine mercy is the fact that there were mistakes made <laughs> or, or like imperfect, like an inability to express it in perfection. Right. Like in, in, even in, even in the arts. Um, but so, but what it was required, I think is, is from, from our Lord to Faustina, right. Is, is I think it's only three things. One, it had to show the wounds right. of Christ. Two, it had to have the blue and red rays coming out of his, basically his heart, but from the fifth wound on the side, and then the last is is those words, Jesus, I trust, trust in you. Him, yeah. right. um, but that's that's the key. Now it's not the mo- you know the one that we usually see has a few other features that are worth pointing right. out. But right, um, would you say a, a word, you know, uh, Father Jack, about the rays coming out of the side of Christ? Yeah. So uh, so there's um, it's two rays. I usually kind of have three colors really, but it's it's blue and red. 
blue, a blue ray and a red ray. <laughs> blue ray. Blue ray. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and this was a, I mean, a lot of people there, there's, there's, I mean, the, our Lord gives a couple of things to St. Faustina about what they mean, but a lot of people have kind of taken it to be, well, this is baptism and this is the Eucharist. It is the cleansing waters and the, the precious blood that washes over us and inebriates us, making us clean. Um, those are two sig- so, uh, symbols that are ancient, right. right? You can even look back to the Psalms to see those two cleansing fluids, right? The, right. Of, of the water, obviously. And then even, um, you know, Psalm 51 speaks of being washed in the right. blood, right? And right. So, um, so I think, yeah, those two rays flow from his sacred side, which, are, you know, also, you know, have a, should call us back to uh, our Lord pouring out blood and water from, from his sacred side, uh, on the cross. And you were talking last week, you know, we were talking about different favorite scenes from the Passion of the Christ. That's actually one of mine. The way that was depicted, that scene oh, was mm. depicted in that movie. It is powerful. Yeah. yeah. It's the soldier's reaction. And he's, yeah. And, 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 and not a it, trickle. It's and a, that, that, that particular soldier is such a goofball <laughs> in the movie. You know, he's just sort of the odd, the odd, uh, sort of the. He's like the weakling. He is. Yeah. And he, and, and, but he, he's just, he kind of draws you in and he yeah. grabs the spear and he's like, he's kind of awkwardly steers it. And then, He's looking up, and then he's just—he's in—it's just—he's get it's grace, and he just kneels down. And he's like in his days. As he looks yeah. up at this liquid coming down, it just hits him in the face, much like Deacon Matt at the Easter Vigil <laughs> with the Paschal candle. <laughs> that was a highlight. Oh, it was. Can we just say a word about that? There's, and there's no video evidence. I can't believe it's, of it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well. yeah. The wax came and. It, it it was spackled his face. Yeah, it was pretty. Poor spackle's guy. a good word, actually. Yeah, yeah. but no, it must have burned. He didn't. He didn't. He, move. Didn't, he didn't flinch. Yeah, guy's stone cold. It's amazing. Amazing. Born to serve. Born to serve. It, it was a powerful grace, you know. Deacon Matt. You, so that's you, a, you're the man. You so, know? so turning back to to the image, right? There's the two rays that come out, and obviously Jesus, I trust in you. That call that we all have to hand over our control to our to our Lord. You know, actually have God be God instead of us, um, which turns out is a lot harder than we make it seem. But I always like to point out two things out of the image that we. I think I think it's the reason why this was the final image, and one is that his right, our Lord's right hand is raised. Right. It looks like a priest, right? He looks he looks like he's giving the blessing, absolution, um, yeah, or an especially absolution. The other one is that if you look closely, right above the words, almost without fail, a well depicted divine mercy image will have his one foot in front of the other. Yes, that the Lord is not stationary, like just waiting for you to come to him. He's he's, he's going coming out. to you. He's the father in the prodigal son story, right? Running out. Um, you know, before we could possibly even be hurt further by it. Like he's, right. you know, reconciling, but he did all the work. Like he did the harder part of the work. Um, right. You know, all we had to do was leave behind our sin right. and just say, we don't want it anymore. And he, and he takes care of the rest. And then everything else falls it, into place. And it's sort of, for us, it's an acknowledgement of our sickness. Yeah. And we have to realize like, look, we, we have it bad, but God, you have the medicine, mm-hmm. which is your divine mercy given to us through the sacraments. Um, another thing I thought was interesting is, um, you know, I'm reading the, the diary, and uh, I don't think it's necessarily uh, directly uh, attached to the feast day, but it is this idea of, of our Lord's powerful mercy is um, he uh, t- says in the, in the diary that if a person prays the chaplet in front of a dying person, uh, he will grant them the grace of conversion or, like, give them the grace to, like, uh, to, you know, to be saved. Uh, I'm trying to find the, uh, here it is. This is a quote, and I thought this was, it was at 1541. Um, 
And it says this, uh, well, here's the quote. It says, one of the best means of assisting the dying is the one that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina and insisted that she use often, even continuously, the Divine Mercy Chaplain. Jesus said, here's the quote from our Lord, my daughter encouraged souls to save the chapel which I have given you. It pleased me to grant everything they ask me by saying the chapel. Write that when they say this chapel in the presence of the dying, I will stand between my father and the dying person, not as the just judge, but as the merciful Savior. And then earlier said, at the hour of death, I defend as my own glory every soul that will say this chaplet, or when others say it for a dying person, the indulgence is the same. And I always thought that was like super cool. And like sometimes you get these, there's there's calls from people where they're like, hey, you know, my my dad's Protestant, and like, can you come anoint them? And it's like they're incapacitated. I'm like. I just kind of say, hey, pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet in front of them, mm-hmm. you know, and it gives them comfort yeah. at that dying moment, you know. Um, but once again, it's this desire for our Lord, you know, his merciful heart wanting to save every soul, you know. Yeah. Any words on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I think it's one of the reasons, oh, sorry, so connecting it with the year of St. Joseph, right, is that he's he's usually considered the, the patron of a happy death, right? right? And the reason for that is because he died, and the tradition is between with Jesus and Mary on either side of them, right? right? And so that that it would make sense that, that Christ would say that. Like, you invoke me, I'm going to show up, right? right. <laughs> like, that's that's basically all he's claiming right. uh, in this moment is he goes, I know what it's like to die. Um, right. And, and you've been baptized into that death. Which is such a, it's such an, <laughs> it's another one of those uniquely Catholic things. I was talking about this the other day with a, pro- with a Protestant friend of mine, the very thing about praying for a happy death. And it would, I mean, it was <laughs> completely inconceivable to them what do you, what, what mm. do you talk? What's a happy death, you know? Right. And, or, or, you know, we, like we've discussed before, redemptive suffering, whatever. There's, there's so many things that are so odd to non-Catholics. That, I think that's one of them. Yeah. To pray for a happy death or yeah. just a, well, I guess, I guess it's also this. Yeah, you're I not mean, asking for like a, sm- a smooth death or a painless, painless death. You know, it, it's like you said, a happy death. Right. People are like, what? Or maybe a grace-filled death, you know, a, pe- you know, a peaceful death or die in that and uh and they wake up and see our lord with a good good judgment you know was it during the was it during the year of mercy where where the, where each was it a basilicas or cathedrals they had like a the door of mercy, door of mercy. Okay. yeah it's almost, almost my own always personal thing was to uh, whenever i was like out of you know, out of town to always visit, to visit any, if the church in an area had a divine mercy chapel, right. Which so many do in like, you know, older cities with, you know, cultural neighborhoods still. Right. Um, was it, was it your mom's church that we went to in Baltimore? Yeah, that's right. The Polish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. When was that? That was when we were up visiting somebody at shock trauma or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We went to visit there. That's right. And that's, uh, actually, um, interestingly enough, the, uh, the priest, the pastor, I can't remember his name, he was one of the miracles for St. Faustina's uh, canonization. Oh, wow. He had some really rare disease. He was dying, and um, they brought the, I think, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, you look it up on the internet, but he, uh, they had a relic of St. Faustina, they prayed, and he was miraculously cured. Mm. And they have, like, and then that, that place has become like a divine mercy shrine. It's in, uh, uh, near Patterson Park, Involved Baltimore downtown. City, Ball, yeah. That's where my, my mom grew up as a kid, and it's now this big Divine Mercy uh, church. Huh. Really powerful. Yeah. Is there something in the basilica? 
Well, that was one of the that was one of the well, doors of mercy. Door. No, but I mean, do they have a dev- one of the side all? I, I don't think so. Do they? I can't think of where it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I, they've got to have it. Well, maybe. Not I mean, they don't have to have it. I don't know. I don't know if I'd they be have shocked it. that they didn't. But yeah. I, but I think as far as as far as I, I can remember, they're all Marian. You know, yeah. all the all the side We're, chapels. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's almost it's completely Marian. I I think if they have one, it's more of a mosaic. Yeah. Mm. But I can't I can't recall exactly where it is, okay. you know, where there's a divine mercy. But a lot of churches today do have like a little side niche with a divine mercy image, right. you know, and uh, I just find that people find a lot of consolation from it. So, and by the way, that's not St. Faustina in our stained glass window. St. <laughs> Margaret Mary. <laughs> we, had that, we have many people think that. Uh, well, Father Jack, the, <laughs> the story behind that was, I think it was my first year here. Uh, I can't remember, but... I was describing it was we're talking about our feast day and but I I had someone ghostwrite an article for me which was a big mistake and mm. they they talked about you know the window I said we well, just write something about the window and they they claimed that the window was Saint Faustina and then uh, this this one one particular lady she's really her um, she's actually married named after Margaret Mary Dalacook and she's it's not Faustina it's Mary so I now nicknamed her Faustina uh, <laughs> it's like an inner joke I'm like I know it's not. I had to make an apology. That is not St. Faustina. Well, so. if you'd done your own work. You wouldn't That's, have true. That's true, <laughs> Father Jack. You know, I should have just, you know, great point, you know. So <laughs> what else? I think, um, yeah, to kind of close it up, you know, this 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 uh, this week with Divine Mercy Sunday, you know, obviously, I mean, you're, I mean, I would hope everyone would be going to Mass, you know, for Divine Mercy Sunday, um, if you can. I uh, try to get the confession. We're, we're going to definitely have confessions, you know, throughout the week. And uh, after the 12 o'clock mass at Sacred Heart will be available. We'll have uh, exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, uh, confessions available, and then the Divine Mercy Chapel will be sung at 3 o'clock, you know. So it's a, I don't, you know, just you all are welcome to that uh, great feast day. And once again, this is like the sinner's feast day, you know, where we're given this new life, you know. So, all right. So, Father Jack, a blessing? Sure. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, all the holy angels and saints, with the blessing of mighty God, come down upon you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.